Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this, well, I've got to say, a absolutely magnificent Tuesday, the 8th of August, 2023. As I look out of my office window right now, it is uh, about 10.30 a.m. in the morning and not a breath of wind, not even the slightest zephyr and not a cloud in the sky. It is a perfect, perfect winter's day here in the Macedon Ranges, and uh, what better day to talk about sales, as we do every single day. So I trust you've had a fantastic start to the week. Thanks very much for plugging into the podcast, and uh, greatly appreciate some of the feedback I've already had uh, in response to episode number 600 yesterday. So uh, greatly, greatly appreciate uh, the comments, the text messages, and the conversation. So uh, Thank you. It is uh, it is fantastic to every now and then just uh, realise that people are actually listening to the podcast, which is uh, which is fantastic. So uh, let's get into today's episode, and it's a little bit connected to yesterday, and that is we're going to talk about implementation, but from the perspective of a question that is: Is your sales team actually staying in the game? Now, what I what I find absolutely staggering is the number of sales teams and sales leaders that I work with the sheer number of salespeople who are constantly on the hunt for new leads and new opportunities, but don't necessarily stay the course long enough or nurture those leads long enough to see those opportunities through. Now, I've had this conversation with many, many sales leaders and many, many sales teams. And as I reflect back on my own career, I remember a couple of, uh, only only a handful, but there's a couple of salespeople back in the day that uh, thought that the role of the sales leader uh, was to feed them the quality leads, the hot leads, the warm leads, so that all they had to do was go in and close those leads, drink a bit of coffee, maybe eat a couple of donuts or a couple of Tim Tams and uh, close the deal and collect the commission check thinking, oh, how good is this sales game? doesn't work like that in the vast majority of cases. And if you've been in sales for a while, you know that not every single customer is going to convert, even though sometimes you might catch lightning in a bottle. But for the vast majority of us, there's going to have to be some form of nurturing campaign, some relationships built, and you're not necessarily going to close the deal on the first, second, and many times the third contact with your customers. So it staggers me to think the number of salespeople today who still expect the organization or their marketing team, or in some cases their sales leader, to provide them with the leads so that they can go and uh, do the thing they like doing, that is closing deals. We've got to actually work a little bit harder than that. And as sales leaders, we've got a, a big responsibility in this in this realm as well, uh, because a lot of a lot of organisations now have uh, some form of CRM or customer relationship management system, where all of the customer data and all of the opportunity data is stored. And this comes back to how often, as well, that we as sales leaders sit down and have quality one-on-ones with our team. And when we say quality one-on-ones, we're not just talking about the close rates, we're actually talking about what's happening within the customer ecosystem, what sort of relationships do we have in place, what sort of nurturing campaigns are we putting in place, what's actually happening, what's what's happening with the hierarchical structure within the organization, the customer's organization, but also what's the un informal or the unofficial influencing structure that's happening as well. So all of this information goes into the CRM and as leaders, we need to be really 
Focus on the right areas, but also identifying the behaviors that we know will over time deliver the sustainable results. And I've got to say, it is not closing the deals on the first, second, or third uh, contact, uh, which is where a lot of salespeople fall down. And when they don't, when they don't get these opportunities closed in early, in early, in the early stages, if you like, of the sales cycle, they often look at us and say, "Hey, you've given us a dud bunch of leads. What's happening to our marketing team? What is going on?" Let's look at the next batch of opportunities, expecting those to convert. So let's, as a sales leader, as we as we move into the brand new week, and as, certainly as we get closer to the end of the end of the quarter and the end of the end of the year, it's really important for us to challenge and encourage our team to stay the course and to stay in the game. And here's why: there's lots of statistics out there, but I actually wrote this on a on a LinkedIn post on Sunday night. And uh, it's really worth having a look at. And as a sales leader, thinking about what this actually means uh, for us and just think about, does this sort of correlate with your experience? According to the National Sales Executive Association, here's the thing. 48% of salespeople never follow up after the first contact. Now, as a sales leader, I can sort of vouch for this because when I look back at the opportunities that we had back in the day when I was running sales teams, uh, there was a number of salespeople who would give up after the first contact and they'd have the first meeting or they'd go and have the first conversation and they'd come away from that particular conversation thinking, you know what, there's absolutely nothing there. Now, not even thinking about the fact that had they started to build some sort of relationship, had they started to ask some quite quite good questions, some penetrating questions, had they actually been prepared and gone in there and asked, okay, what is the problem that this particular customer has? What are the insights that I can bring to this particular uh, situation, this particular customer, so I can make them aware that, hey, there may well be something of substance and, and worthwhile looking at in terms of a solution that I might be able to put on the table. 48% of them never follow up after the first contact. So that says to me that they're looking for the fair weather opportunity. And this rings true. I've seen this and it pretty much plays out in a lot of sales teams that I'm working with today as well. There's a lot of their opportunities don't get realized because they don't stay the course. They think, well, there's no opportunity here, so I'm just gonna, uh, I'll just park this particular customer and I'll move on to the next one. So a lot of this comes down to preparation. And this is one of the, one of the key reasons why when I'm working with sales teams and certainly sales leaders, I make them very, very focused on, you gotta do your research, you gotta know what makes a customer attractive, what are some of the triggers that are happening within the customer's environment that might lead to them making some form of change. What can we create in terms of insights that we can bring and add value to that particular customer at that particular meeting so that we can leave an impression of increase and go in there with the expectation that, you know what, it's highly unlikely that you can actually catch lightning in a bottle in the first time and you're not going to convert on the first meeting. So don't expect that. So bring back your expectations and think about, okay, for the very first meeting, what I'm there to do is I'm there to plant some seeds. I'm there to do some research. I'm there to bring some insights. I'm there to put some value on the table to leave that particular customer with an impression of increase that gives me the opportunity to come back and start to nurture that opportunity because the exceptional salespeople that do this over time who stay in the game, as you'll hear, are the ones that reap the benefits more times than not. So the first statistic, 48% of salespeople never follow up after the first contact. Second statistic is 25% of salespeople make a second contact and then stop. And again, this comes down to preparation. So if you think about how many contacts your sales teams are making, and it's all in the CRM, so it's, it's a well worth having a look at and breaking down and segmenting your customers and having a look at what the activity levels 
alike with your sales team across all your different customer segments. What number of contacts are happening uh, and can you start to measure that? Because you'll probably find that this, this statistic plays out as well. The third statistic is 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and they stop. Now, the presupposition here is that you've got to continue to add value when you're making a contact because a lot of people will throw back at me, and they do, when I, when I share these sort of t- statistics with them, they say, well, yeah, well, you've got salespeople that just push, 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 and they're not listening to the customer, they're not bringing any value. Of course, nobody's going to want to do business with them, and that's the reason why people are going to give up. Well, no, we've got to continue to think about we are there to provide a service because sales is the ultimate form of service. We are there to problem solve. And if we can continue to bring value, it's the ones that stay the game and continue to see opportunities to bring value that will eventually reap the benefits. Only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. And a lot of reason for this is they run out of things to talk about. They think, you know what, I've pretty much exhausted every possible conceivable opportunity to actually get this customer to think in my way of thinking. Now, this is the flawed thinking because, again, a lot of salespeople are taught, they're coached, they're mentored, they're trained to get really proficient in their company's products and services. What they're not trained at and what they're not coached at to the level they should be is what problem are they actually solving? Why does the customer need to speak to you and why should they care speaking to you? So this is one of the reasons why a lot of the sales guys give up because they've got nothing of value to continue to talk to the customer about. Why? Because most of the conversations from most salespeople are going to be very heavily slanted towards their product and their service, not to the customer's problem or the customer's challenge. Now here's where it's interesting. 2% of sales are made on the first contact. Now, it is true that every now and then you can find that there is an alignment between the customer being in a certain uh, period of their buying cycle and you happening to be there at the right time and at the right place. And I call this lightning in a bottle, catching lightning in a bottle. And it's happened. It's happened to me, uh, but you can't rely on this. So just understand that the vast majority of your sales are going to take some work. So 2% of sales are made on the first contact. 3% of sales are made on the second contact contact. Now, this also presupposes that you're continuing to add value and it has to be based on a solution you're providing to a customer's problem, not trying to retrofit your product, your service into what you think or perceive to be a customer's problem. 5% of sales are made on the third contact. And this, again, presupposes you've started to build a relationship, you've started to build credibility, and there starts to be a little bit of a trust transfer to the point where the customer's looking and looking forward to seeing you back again because you're making progress towards hopefully a solution to their problem. 10% of sales are made on the fourth contact, and this is where it gets really interesting. 80% of sales are made on the fifth to twelfth contact. Get that number. 80% of sales are made on the fifth to twelfth contact. So when you hear that number, as a sales leader or even as a salesperson sitting there thinking, listen to this number at at the moment, The question that comes up for me is, am I staying in the game? Is my team staying in the game? Are we giving up too early? And the question to ask, certainly as a sales leader, is are you leaving so many opportunities on the table for fear of trying to uh, impose a product or a service onto a customer? 
Are we having the right conversations? Are we doing the right levels of preparation? Are we bringing the right level of value? Have we clearly articulated what makes this customer attractive to us and what, what doesn't make them attractive? Have we clearly articulated what the problem is that we're trying to solve? And have we been able to go and articulate that problem in a way that the, it resonates with the customer to the point where they say, hmm, this is worth investigating. I think we should get you back to talk about this in a little bit more detail. 80% of sales made after the fifth contact up to the 12th contact. Now, whilst it's true that, again, sometimes you'll be able to catch lightning in a bottle, it's exception rather than the rule. And we certainly can't rely on building a sustainably successful sales team based on catching lightning in a bottle. So we've got to stay in the game and understand that often it's the salesperson who persists for longer who is going to win. Remembering, of course, that every contact with a prospective customer must deliver value. And I talk all the time about the fact that the impression of increase is such a critical component of a salesperson's remit. And when you're going into talking to a customer, what you want is you want that customer, once you've left left that conversation, you want them to be left with an impression of increase that they feel better for having had the conversation with you. Now, it doesn't mean they have to feel better about you. So it's not about you. They don't necessarily have to feel better about themselves, but they feel as if that, that conversation was of value. You're able to add something to them that could move their business forward or at least give them something to think about that would be the catalyst for wanting them to be incentivized to come and talk to you again. Now, if you can do that over and over and over again and stay in the, stay in the game, chances are you're going to win at the end of the day. So this is about credibility. Can you and can your sales team continue to deliver value and do it in a credible way? So as we ramp into this week, here's the thing. Challenge your sales team to stay in the game. Continue to deliver value and move the opportunities forward. Always looking for the opportunity to leave that customer with that impression of increase. Now, even though you may not close the deals this week, you will be planting seeds that will create a further harvest if you stay in the game, if you continue to add value and if you continue to do the planning. Because I know that with 80% of sales being made after the 5th to 12th contact, it's the ones that stay in the game who continue to deliver that insight, deliver those value, value bombs that are ones that are ultimately going to reap the rewards. And that is profitability, that is top line revenue, that is all the accolades that come with being an exceptional sales team and you in the process becoming an exceptional sales leader. So the key message out of today is don't give up. Don't give up. Stay in the game. Uh, continue to add value. Continue to ask the questions. Continue to do your research and be prepared because it's the ones that can stay the course are the ones that ultimately are going to reap that benefit. So I trust that message helps. And I trust that message reads you just at the right time for you to hear it. If you can pass it on to your sales team, that is awesome. Even better, let them hear this particular message as well. So if you'd like some help just on that point, if you'd like some help with either working with your sales team and helping them to extract even more potential, or if you'd like some help with yourself taking your leadership to an exceptional level, love to have the conversation. Why not jump onto my calendar? Go to leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have a conversation about where you're at, where your team's at, what you're looking to achieve over the next 30, 60, 90 days. And let's map out a plan and start executing that plan ASAP. So very much look forward to that conversation. Thanks once again for plugging into the podcast. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best.
Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.